Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue our summer mixtape series, and we're going to talk about Joshua today. But here's what I know. Life and leadership are an adventure, and there's huge gaps in all of us between who we are and who God wants us to be. Have you ever noticed that? It's like we know that God wants us to do these things, but we're way over here, and we're just, we're just not quite there yet. And so we are in a lifelong pursuit of becoming more like Jesus. If you ever wondered why you came to church, if you ever wondered what your purpose in life is, it's to look more like Christ every day. You want to boil it down, you want to make it simple, it's to look like Jesus, right? And the day that we stop trying to close that gap is a really scary day for our future. Why? Because healthy things grow. And so hopefully your mindset is one that is seeking to close the gap. And that's what this series is all about. God wants to take you somewhere. Listen, God wants to take you somewhere. And are you ready to go on the journey? That's the biggest question. Coasting and just settling and just getting comfortable in life is not an option. Can I get an amen, somebody? Come on, that's not an option. No, I want to become more and more like Jesus every day. We want to keep pressing forward towards the mark. And so through this series, we're going to look at different characters in the Old Testament that exhibit qualities that it takes to keep pressing, to keep going. And today it's Joshua. He's a character that definitely did not coast through life. He's a great character to talk about on Father's Day. And dads, just to give you a heads up, I'm going to challenge you um, kind of hard today. All right. And so put your big boy pants on and, and, and let's go. But there's a lot that goes into the formation of a man, right? As you become a man, as you grow up, you learn, hopefully, to exhibit self-control and all the other fruits of the Spirit. You learn to work hard, hopefully. You learn to put others before yourself. You learn to overcome insecurity and to find your identity in Christ. Hopefully, you learn an unwavering commitment to God's Word. And unfortunately, you can't pick just a couple of those things. You can't just be a guy that works really hard. You can't just be a guy that puts food on the table. It's not enough. It's not. And there's a good chance that if you don't work on implementing all the fruit of the Spirit in your life and all the qualities of a man of God, then you probably have some major blind spots in your life, some major gaps, just like I do, by the way, and I'm working on. And so as you seek and as you strive to become a man of God, I want to encourage you to to pursue awareness over perfection. You're never going to get it just right, but you need to stay self-aware. You need to know where are your gaps. Listen, men, you will be proved in life over decades, not in a day or even a season. You're going to prove yourself over decades. Don't slip into the Uncle Rico mode where you remember those high school days where you could throw football over that mountain. Some of you might get that movie reference. Most of you didn't. That kind (laughs) of fell flat. Don't get stuck there and trying to live vicariously through your kids. No, you are proving yourself as a man of God. Continuous improvement is what you want to go for while being aware of God's grace for the ways that you'll never measure up. And we all have ways that we'll never measure up. We're not seeking man's approval. We're seeking God's approval. And he's not an unpleasable dad. 
He's not that. And so dads, men, if you're here today, whether you're a physical dad or a spiritual dad to somebody, we need to buckle up for the long haul in serving Jesus, our families, and others, and decide, hey, we're going to make a difference. Amen? You will have moments of testing along the way, and we're going to see that in the life of Joshua today. But I know that from the first time that I laid eyes on my kids, Jason, Levi, and Jovi, I understood and I knew in that moment that this is not a game. These are real little people. And I, I only have so many moments with them, and so I really want to make them count. And in those moments and along the way, now Jason is 17 years old, and, and I'll tell you a story about him in a minute, but you know, it's, it's not about what we don't have. It's about who we're serving and the impact that we're making. And so I, as a father, as a man, I have to get a hold of myself and control myself so that I can give myself to them. Joshua did this. He stood strong. He stood strong. He was steady. He was consistent. He was bold. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. He was spirit-empowered. Sometimes it's really hard to be that. So this morning I get a phone call from Jason and, and long story, but he's wor he worked in Georgia this last week so he could make some money to buy a car. And, 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 and so he worked his tail off all week long. He gets to the airport this morning to fly home just in time for Father's Day. And he walks up to the desk and they're like, your flight's canceled. And so Jason calls me and he's like, dad, what do I do? And I was like, well, let me talk to the, the agent. And so I talked to the agent and, they're, and I'm like, hey, so what are you going to do? And they're like, uh, nothing, it's canceled. And I'm like, well, why? Well, I don't know, I just got here. And, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do? He, my son's 17, he needs to get home. And, and he's like, well, he can go buy a ticket from another uh, airline. And I'm like, seriously? And so how many of you know dad rage starts to come out? And I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> breathe deeply, breathe deeply. And so I ask her a couple more questions. Finally, she kicks my son out of line and tells him to go take a hike. And in that moment, I'm like, I'm like, I have no control here, right? I have no control. I want to fix it, but I just can't. And all I can do is keep giving my son advice, keep pointing him towards the right direction, and, and, and just and try, try to stay calm, right? Because life throws all kinds of curveballs at you that, that if you let him, will just totally derail you. And that's a, he'll get home. He's going to get home today, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Pray for him. Um, he's 17. He's, he's a good dude. Don't worry. He'll be all right. But, um, but, you know, life, it just happens. And sometimes it's like, what in the world is happening? And Joshua understood that through all the experiences that he went through. You know, he spent time as a young person as a slave. Joshua spent time, a lot of time, going in circles in the wilderness with the Israelites. He spent time in victory, in battle. You know, he was, he was leading the, the, the nation of Israel when they walked around the, the city of Jericho seven times, and, and on the seventh day, seven days, and on the seventh day, the walls fell. How cool is that? He was a part of the battle where the sun stood still in the sky, only time sent, you know, ever in history that God literally made the sun stand still, and... It didn't move while the Israelites were fighting until they won. So Joshua got to see all kinds of amazing things, twists and turns. All the while, though, he was reminded that you can't do it without God calling the shots, right? You can't do it. But in the midst of the miracles and Joshua's installment as the leader of Israel, we see a few things that set Joshua up for great leadership and propelled him through 
his season as the leader. This is also a great lesson for you, Dad, for anybody that wants to say, hey, I want to take ownership of my life and lead well. And so the first thing that we see in the life of Joshua is radical responsibility. Radical responsibility. In Numbers eleven twenty eight, it says that Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth. And I love that, that from a young age, Moses was being taught responsibility. He was seeing leadership up close. He had an example of somebody that was showing him the ropes and showing him what it meant to be faithful and devoted to God. He was being formed into the man that God needed him to be. He was learning responsibility from a very young age, and he was closing his gaps. Dad, it's the greatest responsibility that you'll ever have, is to show your son radical, or your daughter, your kids, radical responsibility. Joshua got to see some amazing things, you know, since he was close to Moses. He got to go up on the mountain, not all the way, but up there quite a ways while, while Moses received the Ten Commandments. And then Joshua later would lead the Israelites into the promised land despite their unfaithfulness. Now, if there's anything that tests your level of responsibility and how dedicated you are in life, it's when you have to lead people that really don't care about the mission, that really don't care about where you're going. You see, the ultimate form of responsibility is choosing to take ownership for the well-being of others and sometimes bear the consequences of their actions. Dad, have you been there? Today, I just spent 200 extra dollars on a plane ticket, <laughs> not because of my son's mistake, but because I'm the responsible one. I'm responsible. Sounds like fatherhood to me. Jesus set this example too, and he said, man, the greatest love that you could ever show is to lay down your life for a friend. And so this kind of radical responsibility is something that you can choose. You have to choose. Regardless of whether you're brought up this way, regardless of whether you were taught responsibility or not, you can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose to honor God. And so look what happens to Joshua. He's brought up with Moses, right? And then comes time where Moses is going to pass on the torch of responsibility and listen to what God says in Deuteronomy 31, 20. For I will bring them into the land I swore to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. There they will become prosperous, eat all the food they want, and become fat. But they will begin to worship other gods, and they will despise me and break my covenant. It's like, what? Right? And then in just a couple verses later, in verse 23, then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words. Be strong and courageous, for you must bring the people of Israel into the land I swore to give them. I will be with you. Now, God knew and God told Joshua that these people were going to be unfaithful. God told him, hey, what was going to happen? And Joshua knew what the people were like. He had been with them for 40 years in the wilderness, that they were complaining, griping, fickle. And yet he submitted to God's leading and led them anyway the best that he could. That is radical responsibility. Way too many times, men, we back out because it gets too hard, because people hurt your feelings, because we think our kids don't listen, because our wife doesn't do X, Y, Z, and we just kind of have this attitude that, man, when things don't go how they should in life and when people don't reciprocate like I think they should, I'm just going to step back from that and not, not take my rightful place of responsibility in life. 
We do, don't we? It's too hard. But we need to recapture the heart of God that says, I will lay down my life for you even when you don't value my input, even when you don't meet my expectations, or even when you have issues. And that's the kind of example that we see Joshua set for the people of Israel. That even though, hey, we're a broken people, I'm still gonna lead because God says so. Amen? Romans 5, 6 and 8 says it like this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And so in the same way that Joshua led a people that were imperfect, that were prone to, to, to failure and prone to worshiping other gods, and Joshua still stepped up and led them and was the man of God that God called him to be. And the same way Jesus came and he lived in flesh and he, and he lived a sinless life Life, and he still went to the cross even when you and I were unfaithful. That's the kind of radical responsibility that God is calling you and me to. Amen? It's radical. Just as Joshua was sent to lead an undeserving people into an undeserved land, Jesus was sent to lead a guilty people into a life of freedom and innocence through his own blood. Joshua didn't lead based on the people's reactions. He led based on the goodness of God and his commitment to him. He had a higher calling. It's a radical responsibility. Numbers 27, 18 through 19 says, the, the Lord replies, take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. Present him to Eleazar, the priest, before the whole community and publicly commission him to lead the people. Joshua was not a leader in private. He wasn't some undercover leader that just kept everything to himself. And dad, father, man, today, I'm asking you, are you willing to go public in your faith about, to Christ? Are you willing to go public through baptism? Are you willing to be public with your leadership? Are you willing to publicly lead your family spiritually? Are you willing to step up? Because when you take radical responsibility, you cannot and you will not stay in hiding with your faith. Amen? Your kids need to see you lead spiritually and they need to see you pray and they need to see you read your Bible and they need to see you in love with Jesus. Joshua 3.7 the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Listen, man, man, God doesn't ask you to take this kind of radical responsibility without a promise to keep you and be with you. He doesn't. He said, I will be with you. Joshua 1, 8 through 9. Study this book of instruction continually. Get in the God's word. Read, God's, God, read the Bible. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, somebody underline that, will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God is with you. Underline that. He's with you wherever you go. Man, sometimes we gotta, we gotta stop being bashful as if the Holy Spirit isn't walking right with us into every single situation. He's with you. Take heart. Look how this mirrors what Jesus said to us in John 15, one through four. Jesus said, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. 
You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. God is asking you and me to take radical responsibility for our place in life, which is right next to Jesus. Staying right with him, having the Holy Spirit indwell in us and knowing that God is never gonna leave us and that should give us extreme confidence in our responsibilities, amen? And Jesus caps it off as he ascends to heaven in Matthew 28, 20 and says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so the same thing that God said to Joshua, Jesus said to you and to me, and he says, I got this radical responsibility for you. I've got this radical plan for your life, and I want you to be a leader. And guess what? I will not leave you. Amen? Amen. I seriously think sometimes that we just go off the rails and lose all faith and fall into doubt because we forget that the God of all creation who is full of resources and full of power and full of might, is with us. He's with you. Take heart. The second thing that we see in the life of Joshua today is visible leadership. So we see radical responsibility and we see visible leadership. So see, visible leadership is where I am. Where I am. Where do you show up? Where do people see you? Where does your family see you? Listen, young people have never been good at listening to their elders, ever. But they have rarely failed to emulate them. Have you ever noticed that? That it's the law of the mirror, that you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You ever noticed that? This is the visible leadership piece. A, a survey conducted back in 2015 of 1,000 working adults showed that eight of the top nine complaints about leaders concerned behaviors that were absent. Meaning that employees were most concerned about what their bosses didn't do. Man, you translate into that into family, you translate that as a dad, and it's like, my kids, they're gonna remember some things I did, but if I'm not careful, they, it could be that they remember more things that I didn't do. That maybe I didn't tell them I loved them, that I didn't you know, lead the way in following Jesus that I didn't do whatever is most important in life, right? Visible leadership. What we visibly do or don't do is extremely important. So Joshua, he and his buddy Caleb, they were two of the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land to scout the land out and to see what it was like and, hey, do, do we think that we can go in and, and take this place like God told us to? So they were the only two spies that came back and gave a favorable report to the Israelites. The only two out of the 12. The rest of them said, oh no, there's giants. They're too big. They're too scary. We, we, can't, we can't take them. But these two guys publicly stood up for God. Numbers 14, six through eight says this. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing, public, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us it is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. 
So there we see the promise of God. We see a fear of people. And we see two guys out of this whole company stand up and publicly put their faith in Christ, in God. So look what happens next. Numbers 14.10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> you know, sometimes the fear is real. Like, man, if I stand up for Christ, if I do things different than everybody else, if I'm, you know, if, maybe if I make this choice to leave my kids, they're going to be mad at me or, or whatever the, 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 the fear might be. You know, and sometimes it feels like, oh man, we're going to get stoned figuratively. But look at what happened after the people start talking about stoning in Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. Listen, men. Listen, dad. When you stand up, when you're bold, when you visibly lead spiritually in your home and in your life, God's presence will be with you. Joshua and Caleb stood up together. They weren't just by themselves. They weren't solo. Sometimes you just need to know that someone believes in you, that someone's with you, that you have a friend who loves Jesus. And when you have that kind of friend, you're way more likely to be able to stand strong. It would have been harder for Joshua to stand by himself, right? But he had a buddy. And so the consequence or the, the, the outcome of this situation was that Joshua and Caleb were the only two of that generation that were able to enter the promised land. The rest of the people, they were sentenced to 40 more years in the wilderness going around in circles. And guess what? Let's jump back to the radical responsibility piece. Joshua and Caleb had to stay with them for those 40 years. Wow. And even though they had to stay with them, they still sacrificially led. Isn't that amazing? Listen, no matter what, they had decided they weren't going to go anywhere without God. Guess what the people did? The people tried to go into the promised land by themselves, and, and like they, they felt bad for, for, for you know, not having faith, and so they tried to go, and guess what? They got beat right back. And it was, hey, take another lap in the wilderness for 40 years. Wow. Joshua and Caleb knew that their place was with God's people, listening to God's voice and going where God led them. Not running away when times get hard. Not having to lead even when circumstances don't work out in your favor. I'm sure that, that Joshua and Caleb would have rather been in the promised land. After all, what had they had done wrong? What had they done wrong? But they were present. They were visible where God wanted them to be because they had radical responsibility. Dads, men, your family needs you to be present in the right places at the right time. You need to set the example of being in church, of being in the word every day, of praying, and, and letting your life be an example to those that are looking to you for one. Amen? Number three. Third thing that we see in the life of Joshua that we can apply to our lives is invisible leadership. And you're like, Joe, what in the world? Invisible leadership is simply where you're not. Where you're not. So look at this example in Exodus 24, 12 through 13. Remember, Joshua was Moses' assistant. And 
God had called Moses up onto the mountain to give him the Ten Commandments. If you've never been to church, if all this is new to you, you maybe have heard at one time in your life about the Ten Commandments. It's kind of a foundation of our faith, right? And so the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain, stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I've inscribed the instructions and commands so you can teach the people. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Side note here, when you're close to a man of God, it keeps you out of a lot of trouble, right? When you're with the right people at the right place at the right time, it keeps you out of a lot of messes in life. And so what happens is they're up on the mountain, they're getting this word from God, the the cloud of God's presence is all over the mountain and the people are down at the bottom and they could see, man, there's something going on up there, but they're not up there. And after a while, let's see, eight chapters later in Exodus, guess what the people say? They're like, what is taking Moses so long? And they get really impatient, and they ask Aaron, Moses' brother, hey, make us a god. Moses is gone. We don't know what happened to him. Make us a god. And so they brought all their gold together. They, they, they um, melted it, and they created a golden calf. Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of the weirdest stories in Scripture for me because I'm like, if I'm going to create something, I'm not sure it's going to be a cow, right? It's like, I just don't really get the connection here. Why they wanted to worship a golden cow. Doesn't make sense to me. But they had a crazy party, all kinds of really evil things going on down there. But guess who was not there? Joshua. Why? Because he had committed himself to the man of God. And by the grace of God, he was not there because he was where he had committed himself to be. Now listen, Where do you and I need to be invisible? Where do we need to not be? Because if we are there, we're we're gonna, by our presence, we're creating a bad influence. Men, listen, and women, this is for all of us. Where do you need to be invisible? Infidelity, being unfaithful, stay out of the porn, Get it out of your life. And if you want to be, if you want to practice some invisible leadership, stay out of it. All kinds of sexual immorality, stay out. Stay up on the mountain with God, with the man of God. Stay out of it. Drunkenness, stay away. Gossip, stay away. Slander, stay away. Lying, stay out of it. Laziness, stay away. Gluttony, stay away. Listen, when God is writing the rules for life, don't be in the camp ignoring them. Don't be at the bottom of the mountain having a party, acting like God's not up there doing something, right? Jesus didn't come and die so that you could ignore his laws and trample on his grace. Amen? We know, I mean, you you have to think that there had to be some people down in the camp that didn't participate in the revelry. 
You know, I, I, I think when I read the story, I just wonder, where was Caleb? Because Caleb, he got to enter the promised land, but it doesn't mention him being up in the mountain. And so, you know, where, where might he have been? And so you think there was probably some people down there standing strong, keeping themselves separate. You know, it's presumed by some, though this is not confirmed in Scripture, uh, but the rabbinical tradition that, that maybe her... Aaron and her that held up Moses' hands. Maybe her tried to prevent the making of the golden calf. And you know, it's speculation. Maybe, maybe, maybe there was a fight down there. You have to wonder where some of these guys were and what happened in that process. But it just blows my mind that while God was meeting with Moses on the mountain in such a visible way that the people were down there making and worshiping a golden calf. And then I remember that we are the same many times. That instead of being invisible in places that we should never go and doing things that we should never do, we participate in them just like everybody else. Right? Listen, God is still moving all around the world and many times we're off doing our own thing. And myself included, so I'm I'm not picking on you today. This is just... It's what the Israelites did. It's what we do. So easily distracted. So easily impatient. So easily drawn off course when God is doing an amazing work and we're just like, oh, it's taking too long. And so instead of being visible in God's house or with God's people, we're visible in every other sphere of life and sometimes God's presence is just an afterthought. Or we might be visible in God's house, but at home we're no different than those who don't follow Jesus. And man, I just want to say, God has called you to more, and God has called you to better, and God has given you a radical responsibility to lead your family out from the front with courage and with bravery and with strength and with a dedication to Christ that doesn't waver because you're going to be proved over the long haul, not just a moment. Amen. So intentionally, where will you lead on purpose and where will you stay absent on purpose? You got to figure this out. So Joshua, he had a great run. All kinds of victories, all kinds of amazing things. I encourage you to go read the book of Joshua. Check it out. Amazing dude. But listen to his dying words. Before he died, he was addressing the people of Israel. And in Joshua 24, 15, he said, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. God is looking for a generation of men that are going to publicly stand up and say, I'm going to serve Jesus. And so today, we're going to do something a little bit bold. And so men, if you're willing to say, hey, it's for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm just going to ask you to stand right now. Come on, stand up. If that's you and you say, hey, I want to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give our guys a hand, church. And... And, and now, families, I want you to just gather around your, your dads, your brothers, your, um, uh, your, these men of God, and lay your hands on them, and let's pray for them together. God, I pray for the men of God in this house. 
God, that you've called to radical responsibility. God, you called them to visible leadership, to stand up and, and, and be public in their faith and in their leadership. And God, you've called us to, to be invisible in places that don't honor you. And God, we know that you called us in, to, to be in this world, but not of this world. And you want us to have an influence and you want us to, to make a difference. But you're calling us to do that by a life of worship and a life of sacrifice to you that we would be set apart. God, that our lives would be different. God, that we would be like a city on a hill, like a light shining so bright that it can't help but attract other people to you. And so God, fill these men with your spirit today for the, for the task that you put in their hands. And God, give them the strength to to stay responsible, to stay enduring, to stay on the path, to stay devoted to Jesus, to say that, man, I don't care what the rest of the world is doing, but as for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.